back to a new episode of A Hundred Steps to Drag, the podcast where I chat with your favorite drag artists and ask them how they got started and where they want to go. I am your hostess, Natasha Hundreds, honey, feeling expensive in this couch with my emotional support dog. I was telling our guest today that I'm more like his emotional support healing, but it's all right. And speaking of my guest today, oh, I am so excited because I love this person so much. Such a funny joke teller on her words, singer, social media personality, fellow podcast stress. Please welcome Jordan J. Tables have turned. Hello. How the tables have turned, Mama. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. For context, Jordan had me on her podcast, Hit Girl, which we we're gonna talk about later. But I was her guest, and now the tables have turned. How do you feel to be interviewed now? I love it. I think more people should ask me to be guests on their podcast because it's less work for me. <laughs> <laughs> that part. That part. Before uh, recording, we we're just like ranting about like all the editing that we have to do for like our stuff and it's a lot people don't realize it it's too much and it's not like i'm making money (laughs) (laughs) it's not like profitable this is drag i know that's the thing because people assume that we're like oh since we're on tiktok and we get like views they're like oh you make me you must be making bank and i'm like honey um it's not Hopefully one day. Hopefully it'll pay off. But for now, it's it's all right. I choose to believe it will. Yes. I like to put it out of the universe and the dragoverse that it'll pay off. It may never. Uh, let's not say that. Don't, don't joke it about that. Not, the words of Sasha Balour. <laughs> don't, don't joke jo- about that. <laughs> no, don't joke about the Oh my god. But what is no joke is our episode's theme, which is taking on a big drag projects. And I feel like you are the perfect person to talk about this. Oh god. You're like, oh Jesus, how did I get myself into this? <laughs> you have worked in a lot of big things in, in my eyes. You should recognize it too. It's so weird when people say stuff like that to me because I'm like, oh, that's right. You see, like, the finished thing that was good. You didn't see the 10 million things that blew up in my face on the way to get to that one nice video. That's a minute long. It's like, yeah, I don't see myself the way other people see me. And I don't know if I ever want to because then I'll get complicit. I got to keep myself humble and (laughs) stay on my toes. You're like, then my head will get big and I don't want to yeah. be that kind of queen, you know? You want to stay humble and grounded. Yeah, I don't want to think I've done enough, ever. You see, like, interviewing drag artists, and I don't know if, like, this happens to you, but I feel like a lot of us go through the same struggle of, like, oh, I don't feel like this is enough. Even though we are doing a lot, I feel like we're constantly thinking, like, I have to do more, I have to do more, like, this is not enough. I wonder where that comes from. It's, I, well, I think that part of the queer experience is this constant need to prove yourself because you grew up being told who you are is not okay and you're not acceptable as a person and you're just trying to exist. So I see it all the time with queer friends of mine who are creative where they're just like, you know what? I feel inadequate. I have friends who I literally look at them and I'm like, you're so insane to me like you've been on tv you've been in movies you've toured you've done this and i'm and they're over here like i don't know i just feel like i don't feel really good i feel like i'm failing i feel like and i'm like are you kidding me but i guess we all have that voice yeah it's a lot to unpack right here (laughs) it's a lot i have like one really close friend who i look to him and i'm like you are the gold standard he's done so much he's had such a great career and we'll be like sitting at high tops on a a Tuesday evening and he'll be like, I feel like I'm a failure. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to like jump across the table and strangle you. Yeah, literally. I'm going to bitch slap you across the face so you can like snap out of it. Yeah. And then I'll be like, I'm also a failure. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm a failure. And then we're both (laughs) arguing over who has the worst (laughs) self-esteem. And it becomes like a bitch slap fest, you know, just like, no, you are talented. No, you are. No, I feel you. It's a a struggle. You're hitting it right in the head, honey, because we spent all of our life trying to prove ourselves. So now we feel like as much as we do, it's not enough. It's never enough. Never enough. Oh my God, the Pride Starter Kit. It's either This Is Me or it's that song. Yes, and June is right around the corner. So get ready to listen to The Greatest Showman. Yes, get and, your shittiest and- wig and your ugliest dress <laughs> for the rainbow sequin. And some CVS makeup. Yes. Come on, Elle. <laughs> don't color correct. Don't even shave. No, don't even shave. Don't even shave that well. Yeah, and you have to take the wig off at the final chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To make a statement. To make a statement. 
Yeah. Please don't do any of this. Don't follow our advice. <laughs> yeah, we're not steering you in the right direction. That no. is some bullshit. <laughs> But before talking about the big things, I want to talk about how it all started. I I've known you for quite a while, but I don't know how you how you started doing drag. How did that happen? I grew up doing musical theater, and I remember being a teenager, and other kids would be like, "Do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race?" And I'm like, "No." And we were in like a tiny little town in Georgia where like you weren't allowed to talk about gay shit, and they'd be like. You should watch it. I think it'll be good. I think you'd like it. And I'm like, no, I'm busy. No, I have too much Real Housewives to watch. It's just not for me. And then it kept being something that would reappear in my life. I'd be in college, and someone would be like, you should try drag. I think you could be really good. And I'm like, no, no, no. Long story long, I get a stomach virus. I'm stuck in bed. I decide to just binge watch Drag Race. And then I'm like, okay. Joey and I had just started dating. He was there with me, feeding me crackers. And I'm like, wait, this is really good. And he's like, hello. I've been telling you. And so. We started going out, and we'd go out to the bars and just walk around. And then we started to go see local drag. And then I started to think, well, I'm in school for theater. I'm almost done. These girls are not really serving, like you know. The performance is not. Yeah, the performance is not always giving. You know, it's 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 not. So I started to think of all the fun things I could do if I had the space to do it, and then I just ran out of excuses to not do it. I ended up getting fired from my day job. And less than a week later, I did my first little amateur night, and that was like 2017, I think. And the rest is history, honey. And the rest is just pain, agony. Oh sweat. my god! And smelly tights. <laughs> smelly tights. Not mine though. Everyone else's. Mine gets smelly, but I try to wash them like at least once a week. Because otherwise, it'd be like, oh no, mama, Girl. I am a man. There was this family of drag queens. I don't know if they're still around, but they used to smell. I think they were like a couple. I don't know what their tea was, but there was two of them. And I used to sit in the in the audience, and I could smell booty soup and feet from mid number. They'd be doing their their little J Lo mix with their shake and go wig, and I'd be like, "Girl, you got issues. We need to work this out. You need a friend." Touch grass, girl. I don't know. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. One time, me and my friend were also like in an audience, and the queen like just like passed by us. We were tipping her. She didn't grab it, but she just passed. And like we had like, oh, the smell was hideous, hideous. And we gave her the nickname of Dirty Dick Dan. Dirty work. Because it was like kind of like that scent, you know. I don't think Dirty Dick Dan is doing drag anymore, though. So I think that's for the best. <laughs> And and I can tell the difference between oh you did a long number and you just need to put on deodorant again because you performed and the difference between that and oh you put your sweaty tights in the suitcase seal it leave it in the trunk of your car in June until the next gig, which is two days later and then you just put a Bath and Body Works girl moral of the story wash your tights wash your tights but I want to talk about like your, what you just said the story of you starting drag because very few people I think gets like invited or like to do drag if that makes sense that people tell you like. You would be great at this. You would be a good drag queen. For the most part, we are the ones that like search yes. drag. So I think it's fun that it was the other way around for you. Yeah, the the you know, and I I remember RuPaul saying on Drag Race, the universe is stage direction. You have to listen to the universe is stage direction. And then I thought that's what the universe has been telling me. And then I thought, damn, if I would have just started when I first got the indication, and I wasn't so hung up on my own masculinity issues and worrying about if boys were gonna want to fuck me or like be desirable to men. And first of all, who gives a shit about men? And second of all, I am proudly here to say that it does not really matter. In fact, men, I probably get more male attention now than I ever have. So work. I love it, and you are the trait of the season. I will say, I don't drag. Allegedly, allegedly, you are the trait of the season of 100 Steps to Drag. So. <laughs> That's a trade. <laughs> yes, you're looking scrumptious, Penny, in that little tank top. Oh my god, thank your you. Your tits out and everything. I've always, I have like one uniform, and that's like full glamour drag or like tank top and gym shorts. Because I have, I've co constantly am in the gym because just to keep the voices at bay. It's a mental thing. I need to follow that advice. I'm terrible at working out, but I also dress like shit out of drag. <laughs> Same girl, and I always tell people, fitness and wellness is a trap. It's for people who hate themselves. I was telling Darian like about this when I met her at DragCon. I was like, working out is for people who hate themselves. And that's why I do it six days a week because I need to do it. It's for everyone else's safety that I have at least an hour a day with headphones on, not speaking to anyone, not looking at my phone at the gym. I love that. I should hit myself a little bit more then so I can go to the gym. <laughs> 
It's, I mean, yeah, if you could just, I can help you with the low self-esteem. I can get you there. We'll talk. We'll talk. (laughs) talk. Oh my God. And also you mentioned you are from Georgia. I had no clue. I thought you were an LA girly. Girl, I was a military kid, so I'm from Mm, everywhere. I see. Literally, I think I moved like 20 times before I came here. And when did you come to LA? Was that 2017? No, I was here in 2011, literally weeks after graduating high school. My family was like, okay, we're going to move to California. And I was just like, oh, this is my free ticket out of here. (laughs) That was my chance. (laughs) I got to go. And so I turned down a full ride scholarship. And I said, no, no, I'm going, I'm going to California and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm still figuring it out. I'm going to Hollywood, baby. (laughs) Yes. I was like a dream in a cardigan. Yes. (laughs) You know, it was, it was full terror and horror for about four, five, six, seven, eight, 20, 25 years. But, you know, I don't regret it. No, because I mean, it all takes you Again, speaking of the universe, I believe in the universe a lot. So I think that it all, it's part of our journey, you know? So that it's like built you up to the person that you are today. Yeah. And I was auditioning for these big musical theater programs and nobody wanted me. My high school did not have a theater program. So all of my training was done at community theater where I was working with grown adults who had their theater degrees who were just you know they were teachers in the community like i used to perform with the music teacher at the junior high school so like we became friends when i was auditioning for schools there was a lot that i didn't know so a lot of it was just me going on youtube and being like okay here's how i read music here's how you present yourself at an audition and so i basically was lined up to attend the university of west georgia for musical theater performance okay (laughs) honey baby my tuition was covered (laughs) and i was gonna live at home i was gonna hopefully work in the community theater and start directing theater and just that was the path and honestly maybe i would have moved to new york and done something maybe i would have just ended up working teaching theater to you know college students hopefully not children or directing i don't know yeah that would have been like a, a completely different life so but now different. you're here making it out there with the big girls with the big guns now i'm in la somehow you know i i'm just i'm lucky that i was able to get out truly truly because a lot of kids don't have that same chance you know no. So it's good. I'm happy for you that you are here, that you're sharing your art with the world, Haney. Same. And it was it was not the vibe for a while. Girl, I was... When my parents decided to move back to Georgia because they were unhappy here, they were like, it's too expensive. We don't... We like having a big, beautiful house in the middle of the woods where nobody bothers us and paying nothing for it. So they went back and they, I think, expected me to do the same. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay. And they were like, well, you're going to have to figure it out. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. I was making $8 an hour, full-time student, and trying to survive. So I was like, you know, they say club, another club, another club. I was couch, another couch, another couch, baby. Yes. Another couch, another couch, no sleep. Were you doing drag back then when you were in this situation? Yeah, during a lot of that time I was starting drag. So I would go to school. I had a full-time job when I was starting drag and I would work eight to five. And then I'd be at school from six to 10 every day. And then the two days that I had off, I had school all day from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. because I was in the musicals and plays which rehearsed from six to ten every day and then i worked eight to five every day except for the two days that i had class so i didn't have days off for months and it would be like to the point where if i had a gig i would paint early in the morning go to school in makeup and be there all day with sunglasses on and then leave school come home and get ready and go to the club to do my little tip spot at fault line R.I.P. fault line but oh my god the journey honey the struggle struggle bus oh my god props to you girl because honestly it's not for everyone drag is very glamorous and it's super fun and people give you attention but honestly getting started it's it's hard especially getting established so honestly props to you claps oh bless the children making it out there because that is not that is not easy 
It was very hard. I look fondly at that time because even when I was in the middle of it, I thought, wow, this is going to be such a cool chapter in my memoir one day. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I always tell the story of me like having this air mattress because I didn't have furniture because I sold it all to buy food. And so, or like I'd given it away. I think some I had some things in a storage unit because I didn't know what my living situation was like and everything else was just in my car. And so I was in school. I was kind of squatting in this empty house. I was living on an air mattress that had a hole in it. And it was so, I was like too, I was too broke to buy a new air mattress. And I didn't tell anyone because at the time, Joey and I had just started dating. And I was like, I can't have this guy thinking I'm like a, a schmuck. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to quickly inflate this thing and then go to bed. And I would hopefully fall asleep before I hit the ground. <laughs> this is so mad. Girl. And I would wake up on the floor every day and I'd be like, sweet, crushed it. Like, yes, another day. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It sounds wild, girl. But honestly, like I was saying earlier, these experiences shape us. Because when I moved here to Long Beach, it was 2016. And I before this, I was in Calexico, which is a very small town in California. It's the smallest of the small. It has like 10,000 population, no gay people. Ew. Well, now it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better now. But when I was living there, it was like, oof, no. And there's just one community college. So to finish my degree, I had to like transfer to Long Beach. Oh, and yeah. it was very similar. One of my coworkers from JCPenney like moved here with me because he was going to the Mingus. And again, we was like, okay, let's get like this shitty motel. <laughs> yeah. That we were sharing and it was like, well, until we found a, a place. And luckily we found this Craigslist apartment that it was not a scam. They had red carpets. <laughs> It, that was the baddest thing. It was kind of weird. It was symbolism, but, for sure. Right. It was like a for, foreshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing. But yeah, I feel like the first couple of like weeks, I had to like sleep on the floor because I was like, I can't afford a mattress. And I'm like, I don't want to spend money on like an air mattress and then a, a formal mattress. So I'd rather just like save my coin and go to like the used mattress store. But it's a struggle. We go through these things. A lot of the times people don't see it because you said it right. We only see the finished product, but we've been through hell and back, honey. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, yeah, everybody, hi, just want to let you know I'm broke and I buy groceries from the dollar store and have to eat them within six hours or they'll expire. Which is also respectable. You know, if, you, if that's your situation, go for it. But send us money. <laughs> <laughs> that's why now I'm like, if ever, like if I if, like I was really unhappy at my day job. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And then people were like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And like my mom was like, what are you going to do? And I was just like, honestly, no amount of money is worth my inner peace. So let me be broke and let me be happy. Let me have flexibility. Let me not be told what to do all the time. And let me just make less money and I'll be fine. You're hitting like a close right now because that's kind of like my situation with my day job right now. I'm like, it pays the bills and I'm super happy to have it because like that covers like part of the rent and like all the utilities yeah, and yeah. like drag monies for drag. So I'm like, oh, but it's been fucking hard lately. And I'm like, mm, should I do it? But I don't know. I'm still, I'm still processing all that. It's a lot. I thought about it for years. Even when I first got my most recent job, I started working for a very huge technology company. It's not that special. I was in I was involved in retail, so like they didn't treat me nicely. But they paid me like way more than I needed, like way more than I deserved, honestly, for the job that I was doing because they're such a huge company and they're like all about their people, which is actually not true. Bullshit, but yeah. I was just like, even when I first got there, I was like, okay, give it a year and you'll you'll get out. And almost five years later, I was like, no. Not the tea, not the tea. Honey, no. Then they tried to play games and try to threaten me about my availability. And I said, sis, here's one for you. I'm out and you can figure it out without me, bitch. I'm hoping that my last day is something like that. In an email, because I work from home and everyone else lives in Virginia, but. <laughs> work. I love the work from home. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So that's the, only, the other thing that I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to find something like this. So I might just like power through until I become an international superstar. I don't know. You know, and it, <laughs> it, the, the gag is that that sort of thing happens. We see it happen to our friends all the time when they get when they get swept away by by the, the TV show. And then all of a sudden they're touring and it's like a phone call can change everything. Literally, like we were doing bar gigs together for 50 bucks last week. And now like, wow. Oh, yeah, it's like it's really life changing. Yeah, it's it's something to aspire to, regardless of how you get, you know, to that point in your career. But you never know. It All it takes is one person. Lady Gaga said there could be a hundred people 
in the room. And it takes one mm-hmm. producer. And only one call. person has oral gonorrhea. And you're going to make out with that one person. <laughs> Are we projecting? Is this a story that you want to say? No, no, no fun STI stories for me. I did have some scares, but no. I just lie. Like, here's here's a tip, kids. If somebody that you're hooking up with tells you they ha- may possibly have an STI, go to the clinic, go to the urgent care, tell them you have symptoms. They're going to give you the antibiotics because if you don't say that, they're going to make you take the test. You're going to wait several days. You're going to get your results. Then you have to come back and get treated, then wait again. And you're going to have to wait another an extra week or two before you can go out and be a slut again. That's not nice. Who yeah. wants to wait all no, that? So just, no. I like waiting. No. Quick, get the treatment as quickly as you can, and then you can bounce back, and business is open very quickly. And clap them cheeks. Clap the cheeks, <laughs> jiggle your peaches, and you'll be fine. It's not a big deal. I love to jiggle the, your peaches, because it's a little fussy <laughs> like my peaches. <laughs> Yes, it happens to the best of us, and it's it's nothing to be ashamed yeah, of. Yeah, nothing to be ashamed of. Just like Latrice Real would say, like step up, shake up. I don't know what she says, but she says something like that. It's yeah. Just like get back up, and hopefully you don't get the drug resistant ones because those I hear are tough. Mm, I know, I know. Oof, and the shot is a little painful, but hey, there's treatment for that. Yeah, the gonorrhea shot—it's in your butt, and it leaves a bruise. Like I had a giant bruise on my butt. And I'm like, I can't go out to like the jockstrap night at VPL, VPL at Precinct because people are going to see this bruise on my butt and judge me. Thankfully, it went away after a few days. But um, now when I'm watching porn on Twitter, sometimes I'll see like, you know, a little bruise on the guy's butt. And I'm like, oh, no, baby. Like, oh, I hope you're better commenting down below, retweeting and like, I hope you're better. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, God, I hope everything works out for you. Oh. Sugar tip. All these experiences build us up to like honestly do big things and drag. And one big thing that I, you've done that I love is your single Apocalyptic. Oh my God. I f- yes. Oh shit. I forgot about that. You know, that was interesting. It was a choice. Why? Well, first of all, why, why did you want to do like a single? So the gag is, in tw- I think it was like early 2019, I said, okay. I had done a lot of the gigs. I had done pretty much everything that I wanted to do. And I was like, what's the next thing? And I was like, well, I have, you know, music training. Let's make music. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start an album. And it was a different title, different concept, different music. And it was going to come out in 2020 around my birthday. When is your birthday? My, birth- my birthday is on April 12th. Mm, yeah. So about a month prior, something really crazy happened in the world. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. know. What is it? I don't know. It's like my memory is just like blank on that, on that, in 2020. I don't know. And something, you know, possessed me to say, you know what, the world that w- was when I made this music is not here anymore. And it just didn't feel real. So I, del- I got rid of everything and I started from scratch and I made my album Apocalyptic during quarantine. And it was me, like, I had just cut all my hair off. Like I shaved my head and I had no eyebrows and I just had a keyboard and a microphone this microphone right here that i'm using right now and i was just like how can i make this sort of like the jordan experience where it's very dark but also kind of cheeky and fun and so i made the album shot it in 2021 with jordan service photography the icon i was the first drag queen he ever shot baby me i mean we spent months making the look and I recorded it, produced it, wrote it, and mixed it all by myself on this laptop. And then it happened, and I I decided to surprise release it, which wasn't probably the smartest thing if people don't expect you to make music. You should probably, I like, I should have planned ahead. Tease them a little bit, like, oh, big things coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that thing that queens do. And they're like, big things coming up. I'm doing a tip spot. Yeah. Oh my God. I was yesterday at like a, a shooting of a video. Uh, it was like a, a video for like a TikTok series. And I was there with Johnny Gentleman. And Johnny and I were like, let's just do like one of those like, oh, big things coming together. Yes. And, I'm like, and it got a lot of likes and views. And I'm like, goal achieved. <laughs> oh, that's why. I would rather just put it out and show you. I Like when I did the album, I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Nobody knew. I think only like one or two really close friends knew a few people had heard it i teased it a lot on on social media like i kind of like left easter eggs in the comment section like i would comment lyrics and like respond on my other account like what's that and i'll be like (laughs) it'll make sense in january 
But it'll you know. make sense soon. I love your banter between you and your other account. It's the best. Always coming for me. She is coming for you, girl. I would I'm have a long bullied. chat with her. I'd be like, girl, what is happening? I thought we were friends. I thought we were sisters. I'm going to have to block her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But Apocalypse is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed listening to her. I have oh, seen you perform it live and it's fun. It's definitely the Jordan experience. Oh my god, you were there for one of the two times I've been able to perform I was there at Redline, yes. Oh yes, my boy. gosh, that's right, the barber was there. Mm-hmm. I remember that night, yes. Yes, so I had the privilege of seeing it live. Uh, but you said, oh, you know, you would have liked to tease it a little more. What else would you have done differently to like set you up for success on this big project? Oh, so many things musically should have been done differently. And I and I talked to other friends of mine who've made music. Like, granted, their music is getting thousands and thousands of listeners a minute. So, and they're always like, oh no, there's always a million things you'd like to change. Like, there's choruses that I would have rewritten differently. There's there's other songs that I didn't include on the album that should have been that I'm probably going to just release really soon. There's so much. But I, I just, I needed to get it done and get it out because I could have kept tinkering with it for months. Gotta move on. Yeah. Sometimes that's, you have, that's what you have to do sometimes. Like sometimes your first big project is not going to be perfect, but it's a start and we all start somewhere. You know, like, for example, with my podcast, I feel like the first three episodes, I love my guests. I love the conversations, but the editing and the audio quality is not the best. And that's all on me. I'm like, I told them I need to have you back now that I have all my shit figured out or sort of because it's not going to be perfect. It's a huge deal. And it's probably your first time doing something like that. Yeah, I thought the same thing when I first started it. I was just like, OK, I told a couple friends. I was like, OK, I'm going to do podcasts. This was also in 2019. And I was like, so I'm going to do it. I want to record an episode with you, but I don't want anybody to know because if it doesn't come out good, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. I only knew from listening to podcasts. So my first guests were my friends at the time. So it was like S-Titties, Aluja, Andy Lilwani, who now is like a, a celebrity blogger for What's Trending. And he's like breaking all these crazy news stories. And um, who else? Tito Bonito was one of my first guests. Like... Pandora Box, Godoy, like a lot of people. And so, you know, now, of course, I do think, man, I kind of want to have a repeat guest because I feel like I have such a, a, a better hold on the hosting side of it and the production. You should do it. Honestly, do it. I should, but who should my first returning guest be? I have an idea. Who was your first ever guest? Godoy was my first ever guest. That would be a cute little moment, you know, like your first ever guest coming back. And that was like years ago. Like now she's like, she's blown up. Like she's in next in fashion. She was a drag con. So that'd be like a good episode. Yes. And I love all those, those reality competition shows. Me too. Oh, if, Especially the fashion ones, girl. So good. If you had to be in a reality competition other than the big drag one, which one would you choose? Oh, I, I would love to be on Big Brother. Really? Because that game is entirely, well, primarily based on lies and deceit. And I think it'd be so fun. I would like right up my alley, lies and deceit. Because I I mean, just surviving the LA drag scene, I could play the social game really well, I think. And also like, I don't think people would suspect me to be uh, a threat in the comps. Do you watch Big Brother? I do. Yes. So I feel like I would be like the sort of sneaky like winning head of household and winning the vetoes. Like I I could do that. Yeah, without like, nobody knowing. Win. Yeah, I feel like I could sneak in and take the wall challenge or like some of the, like the, the brain teaser ones, but also form crazy alliances and then throw everyone under the bus because I'll have no emotional attachment. That's key. That's key. You don't, you cannot get it out to these people because they can also turn on you. I'm like, no, yeah. fuck that. And they will. They're supposed yeah, that's to. what the game is all about. That's how you win. Exactly. I think I would choose the circle. I've said it one time and I've oh said it a God. million times on the pod. I would love to be on the circle. Oh, my God. I would love that. I, I started the audition process last year and I just, I don't know what happened. I don't think I finished. Me neither. But I, I would love to do the circle. It's very long. But that's the thing with these reality you know, applications or whatever you call them, they're so long. And I'm like, I don't even know if you're going to cast me. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I get the casting emails from like, I, there's like, pe- there's 
there's like an agency that I work with that I'm not signed to necessarily, but I'm on their like contact list if there's drag things that are happening. So they'll be like, it'll be 7 p.m. They'll be like, hey, I need to self-tape by 9 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. And it's always like the the breakdown will be like, we're looking for like like a mohart kimchi sort of like vibe. And then I'll be driving down the street and I'll see the billboard or the campaign and it actually does have kimchi featured in it, which literally happens. I feel you. I, I was auditioning for like a role. It was like a, a short that it was produced by Disney. And the producer said like, the I loved her. She was super, super kind because she she was very transparent with me. And she said, the, the company wants to, you know, book one of the big, you know, stars like Cornbread, uh, Latrice Royale, but I'm rooting for my local performers. And I'm like, thank you. And I haven't seen the, the, the project go out yet. So I'm not sure like what happened, but I definitely didn't make the cut. <laughs> girl i have been watching tv minding my business and then the commercial comes on that i was supposed to do the callback for and they just never responded and i see the other queen who got it and there's one specific commercial that i i got the callback and they asked for my avails and i sent it and they just went silent on me oh, no. and then i was like oh hey here's my availability for next week and they're like oh we already cast it and it's like, it's a prep commercial. So of course it comes on during Drag Race all the time. That's annoying. Like at least be cordial, you know, to like people and be like, hey, just to let you know, we already cast it. Thank you for your interest. Bye. That's the least you can do. And there was the Postmates food ad. Have you seen the, the billboards with kimchi on them? I don't think so. So there, there's a couple in downtown. So this, this I got the breakdown for and kimchi was mentioned as the inspo. And I thought, well, they're going to just get kimchi. But I did my self-tape anyway. They wanted me to make videos of me. And they were like, pretend you're flying through the air and there's a cheeseburger floating in front of you. And I was just like doing all this horrible, embarrassing, like cringy shit on the self-tape. And then I'm like walking down the street and I see a picture of kimchi flying towards a donut. And I was no. just like, what? <laughs> It was like a print and uh, commercial thing. That is wild. You're like, well, this is yep. this is what I do now. This is my career. As you pretend to float in the air with a cheeseburger. Yep. And it happened again with a Lexus commercial. Alexis? Oh, Alexis or Lex Alexis the car. Oh, okay, okay. And I ended up seeing the commercial because Billy Lamore booked it. And it's so good. I think it's still in her highlight. It, it's incredible. She did a great job. It was like this thing where they're like, pretend you're in the car. And they give us like lines to say. And so I was like in the, in the cell tape pretending to be sitting in the car, touching the dash and doing all this. It's great. The commercial came out really beautiful. She looks great. I need to go watch it. I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's really funny. And I love like having those stories because I'll be like, yeah, this thing that happened, I auditioned for it. And then so-and-so was in the breakdown and they mentioned this other queen and then I was like that's interesting and then they just booked her instead <laughs> like it's crazy yeah uh, it happens if if they know like they want like a specific kind of a vibe just they should just go straight up for them for that yeah. artist and sometimes the people who are in contact with me, they'll say, hey, so we also, you know, we sent it to the people in the breakdown, but we want you to submit as well. And so it it benefits them to send it to me because I'm on their list. So, of course, if I book it, they'll get the, the fee. So that it doesn't really matter to them who in their roster books it as long as somebody books it. That makes sense. I'm not really familiar because I'm not a, a trained actress, but that is really good to know. Girl, these bitches aren't even. Either. And I'm I'm honestly just very lucky that a friend of mine who works with them on their shoots was like, hey, you need Jordan. So it's really just because of people, you know, the saying, align yourself with people who will say your name in a room full of opportunities. Mm, I like that. I, have, I, I think I've heard it before, but yeah, that's all it Good is. Good to know, girl. But speaking of things that are going well for you, let's talk about Hey Girl. We kind of like mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, but that is your podcast. Tell us all about it. So it started out during that really awful time where I was like sleeping on the air mattress and I was living in this empty house. So the house had no furniture in it besides my air mattress and it was for sale. So the owner of the house had this deal with me where I would sort of maintain the yard and I would just live there temporarily until I could get on my feet. And meanwhile, the house was for sale. He wouldn't tell people that, that there was someone living in the house when they would come look at it. So people would randomly walk in and I'd be in the shower or like I'd come home, like I came home 
once and all my food was gone because people helped themselves to the box of granola bars and the case of water that I had to eat for the whole week. So it was just a difficult time and I felt really alone and I would listen to podcasts on my like original generation iPad mini. And I thought this kind of, this gives me peace because I hear people's voices. I feel like I'm not alone and I enjoy it. I didn't own a TV. So I thought one day I'll do one when I, when I like, you know, when I have the means and I have like the, the space and the, I got to figure out a home first. But once I figure that out, then we'll, we'll do the podcast. And so in 2019, I think it was like three or four years later, I finally did it. I love it. And it's a lot of fun. I love all your chats. They're very like casual conversations just to like get to know, just like Kiki. It's like if we're just like hanging out in the living room and we're just like Kikiing, which yeah. is so much fun. And it, it, it goes really well with like your story. It's just like if you had like company over and if you had your friends sitting there talking smack with oh, you. Yeah. I love it. I didn't know that girl. It's my baby. It's my child. And I dream of it growing and becoming a thing where it becomes like a tour or a live experience or, you know, I want it to just grow and do so much more. But I'm so protective of it because it's literally just me and a laptop. Same. <laughs> you know, you know the struggle. You got to do everything yourself. We're everything, honey. I recently got help with the editing of it because it's been super helpful. Shout out to Chow Panda Productions and Julie and Javi for making it happen happen because it is too much it is too freaking much oh yeah i spend probably uh six or i I, i'm not gonna say okay probably like a whole day goes into just editing that week's episode of the podcast it is yeah it's a lot of work and i hope you guys are enjoying this because it, it takes a village to like put it together or in jordan's case it takes a lot of time And if you're not enjoying it, by all means, go to Amazon.com or your local Best Buy. Buy a fucking microphone and do it your goddamn self, bitch. How about that? Literally, figure it out. Yeah. Podcasts are on the rise. I've had a couple of people like reach out to me and be like, hey, like what kind of like like website do you use for your podcast? What kind of equipment? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to share because I mean, like whatever, you know, there's so many out there that like one more is not going to make a difference. And my friend once sent me this video, this TikTok, and it said that like millions of podcasts are started daily. However, not a lot of them go past episode 20. So if you make it past episode 20, you're in like the I don't know what percentage of podcast that have been like constant and I'm like okay I think we're doing great girl yeah we both surpassed 20 you're past 20 right yeah this is like 30 I think I think if my if my if my math is right <laughs> I mean I started mine in 2019 but I didn't post for almost an entire year because the world was ending and I was going through it it's hard so you know but I mean I'm at episode like 58 as of the time of this recording I love it you gotta love it you gotta push through yeah if you had like one dream guest that you were like oh immediately we'll make it happen who would that be I I mean the dream the ultimate dream is to sit down with Gaga I would love that I've been obsessed with her since MySpace and she was in my top eight. It was like her and Marilyn Manson and like, I don't know, Panic at the Disco and My Chemical Romance. Like it was them. So I, I have no doubt that she and I could just sit and chat and I would just I would just work all my my tricks to get her to loosen up and just laugh and giggle and not, you know, because there is a there is a much more fun side to her that we don't get to see very often. And I want to bring that out. Yeah. Do you have like a dream guest? <sighs> I mean, I want to obviously RuPaul, but I know she would probably will never do it you never know you never know Mama Ru if you're happening to listen to this by mistake uh, be my guest yeah uh, because I, I I mean obviously she's the queen of drag but I would love to have uh, someone like Jackie Beat or Sherry Vine on the podcast because oh my god yeah, I'm obsessed with them first of all and second they've been doing drag for such a long time that I'm always curious to learn how was drag before when they started and compared to now and like I'm sure their brains are just like full of like knowledge and they're so fun oh my god I love them oh my god have I ever told you my Sherry Vine and Jackie Beat story please do Okay, so I had Sherry Vine on the podcast because I was delusional. Girl, I reached out to AOC. I reached out to Nicole Byer. I had no business, but I did it. And I reached out to Sherry Vine and she miraculously was like, yeah, sure, come over. And I went to her house. I am so jealous of you right now. Girl, this house was gorgeous. I was like, what is going on? I'm like shaking, setting up microphones on her coffee table. She just came from the gym. We did the podcast. It was great. And then I told her off the record, like where I worked. And so her and Jackie B came into my job and we're like where is she <laughs> and i saw them and i was just like 
ladies, what is going on here? And they're like, we need, we need, we need help with this. And so later on, Jackie Beat came back and I wasn't there that day, but the person who was helping her, she's like, where's the drag queen? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, it's such a cool story. Oh my god, girl, I'm so story. jealous. I'm like, I hopefully I'll reach out to Miss Sherry and see what happens because yeah, I do need it. to have you her. I would love, love, love to have her. She's lovely and she's kind. And even like, you know, sometimes people are kind when they're being recorded and then off the record, they're not. This woman, Joey was helping her with a skirt for her tour with Bianca. And so we were both at her house one night and he like did the fitting. And then we were just in her drag room and she starts pulling out jewelry and wigs. And she's like, oh my God, look at this amazing wig I just got from Billy Lamore. Did she look at this jewelry set? And I'm like, oh my God, we were just like giggling in her. And I'm meanwhile, I'm like trying not to think too deeply about me being in Sherry Vine's drag room. Literally a legend. Oh my God. I know. And she's so hot. She's so beautiful. Her legs. I'm like, come on. Her legs. They go all the way up, honey. Yeah, that's goals. Literally. That's goals to be in the drag industry for so long as she has been. Yes. And still killing it. And still being relevant, still being funny, still being so booked, so blessed. Oh my God. Obsessed. She's amazing. Well, Jordan, believe it or not, you have done so much literally and you are such a big drag figure but i want to know what is next for you what is your short-term goal in drag maybe for like a year from today and your ultimate goal in drag that you when you reach you're gonna be like baby i made it baby i made it i made it oh my god well thank y'all okay so short-term goals okay and i said i would never do this but I am, hopefully, I don't know. I hope I'm not jinxing it by saying it here, but... It's manifesting. It's putting it in the universe. Yeah, we're manifesting. I really, I'm, I think... (laughs) I'm so nervous saying this because I'm afraid it's not going to happen if I say it, but I'm just going to say it. I am going to go for Miss Continental next year. You better motherfucking work, bitch. So I think, I think I know the prelim I'm going to do because I was there at this year's prelim with my friend Noelle, who won the Mr. Continental prelim for Southern California. And you go all about it in your episode with Rainy Days. So if you want to hear more about that, go and oh, listen yes. to it. We talked about, I need to get Noelle on the podcast. I'm supposed to be seeing him Monday because I'm competing in a pageant in West Hollywood, like a little one night thing just to get my feet wet. And he's going to be coming with me. I was like, you have to come with me and help me because I don't know what to do. And then the promoter we connected on instagram afterwards and he was like oh my god you were so quiet during when when we were there and you just seemed so like focused and i was like baby we're a family of winners i was there to make sure that my friend won and she did and so then he was like well would you ever consider doing my prelim and i was just like absolutely i got the bug when you go to see the continental prelim it if you ever go to one you're gonna be like oh i need to do this i want to go but now i'm scared because i'm like i'm sure that's gonna be what what's gonna happen because i'm obsessed with like pageant drag and like continental oh my god Yes. I'm just excited to bring what I do to that sort of institution and maybe find somewhere in the middle, you know? Yes, yes. Because I can do, I can do a gown, I can do glamour, I can do like a fancy updo, like I could do all that, but it's going to be through the lens of like me exactly and i think that's gonna be fun because i mean again i've never seen a web prelim i've never been to one of the pageants but from what i've heard it's very much like uh similar as far as like very glamorous very formal etc and you bring such a fun energy that i'm curious to see how that's gonna play out i think it can be on your favor to be honest i don't know i used to think there's no way that i would fit into that area but going to the nationals prelim the continental prelim with noel he's i've been friends with him for a really long time and he was like yeah i'm gonna go compete and i was like oh that's interesting because noel is he has tattoos does he have tattoos i don't maybe he doesn't have tattoos i think he does have tattoos i don't know i don't examine his body like that we're sisters he has you know he's got piercings he's got a beard he's very much like you know the alternative glamour compared to like you know the traditional what you would think of when you think of a mr continental right so seeing him sort of bring his own twist and wear like a turtleneck with a blazer to interview instead of like 
a metallic suit like all the other guys did. And his talent, you know, it wasn't a big epic dance number with a reveal like everything, like everyone else. He did. He just swung on the hoop from the ceiling and people were like in tears. It was so beautiful. I love it. He found a way to insert his own style and energy into it. And that was so inspiring to me. So I think I told him, I was like, okay, this is your year. We're going to hopefully go to nationals. I might, I don't know. I'm still not sure if I'm going to go with him. He might not need me, but I don't know. But, you know, and then next year, we'll see what happens with me. Who knows? Yes. I'm obsessed because it's a your, your pageant era. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I really appreciate the work and the institution of Continental and what it means to even participate in that as a drag artist, especially because it is dominated and largely occupied by trans women who graciously are welcoming us into their homes, essentially, to participate in the art form that they have pioneered and created, essentially, for us. So I'm just excited. I think it's going to be fun. Who knows? It's going to be fun, Regardless, I am rooting for you. I will always be rooting for oh, you. Thank you. How dare you? <laughs> well, same, bitch. We, <laughs> we got we got work to do. We got to get our house on a hill, you know? Literally. Oh, my God. And what about the long term, like your pinnacle goal in drag? I think uh, the big thing that I always think about is headlining a tour. Of, like a theater tour. Like, I want to be able to sell out the Will Turn and the Orpheum with a 90-minute show of me, music, comedy, outfits. That would be sickening. And just take that. And then eventually, you know, arenas would be super fierce. But like, you know, we got to start small. I'm going to be realistic. I could do a theater, I think, in, in a of few course. years. I and hope. then go big. You know, we all start somewhere. I always say that. Yeah. That would be sickening. I've seen a couple of drag queens, one women shows, and they're oh, amazing. Yes. My favorite has been Violet Chachkis. Oh my god, that bitch. I didn't get to see hers. Hers is, she does everything. She sings, she does burlesque, there's outfits, there's video. Oh, it's it's really, really good. I want that. I, I, built, I built a one-person show for the music that came out and couldn't get any of the venues to let me come do it. That's also a struggle. It's really hard. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't have a name, you know. I may have performed there a couple times, but they don't know. I even, like, was rehearsing and, like, getting... I had, like, my friend come and help me with choreography. And we were basically done building the show. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start reaching out to venues. And then just silence. <sighs> I'm sorry, girl. It's all I good. hope you can put it together soon because it sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to see that. I would buy the tickets to see that. And the gag is the outfit. I have... There's, like, a gold muscle outfit that's that I have that's like covered in chains. I've seen it. I've seen it. So that was for the show and it was sort of like an uh, inspired by the album cover outfit but something a little more stage friendly and so I had built that as like a reveal as like a transition between two of the songs and that was the first act and then the second act was going to be this like all black with a bunch of tearaways and we ended up using the fabric that I spent hundreds of dollars on. We used it for my DragCon Day 2 look. So Well, it is a sickening look. I loved it. Oh, it's thanks. super fashion forward. It's super cute. So it was not gone to waste. No, no. And we still have some leftovers. So we may we may make another little something with it. But I just needed to use the material because I was like, I bought this. I spent, I invested close to like $1,000 of money that I did not have in this show that ended up not even happening. Uh, speaking of big projects, right? Because sometimes like you bet so much on your project and then you're like, well, it didn't end up happening, but that doesn't mean that it cannot happen in the future, right? Yeah. Maybe the timing was not correct. Maybe the situations were not correct. But honestly, like, don't give up on it because I think it sounds like a sickening idea. Again, you're very fun and very talented. So just let's keep pushing for that. I know. I still think about it. I had built, like, I was going to do covers. I had medleyed. I had done mashups of, like, Britney songs with my songs that I was going to cover. I did remixes of my songs that, like... I don't know if I'll ever put them out. I don't know. Hopefully one day. I was going to play the piano. Like, it was going to be like a full... Experience. Yeah, and I had written all these, like, stand-up bits to do. And uh, I don't know. I think by the time I get the opportunity, I'll have something else and I'll have something better. Hopefully. No, I'm sure you will. Because you, we keep evolving as artists and getting inspiration. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. We'll be fine. Should happen. It will happen. It will. Yeah. Now we are entering to my favorite section, which is called the drag tip of the week. 
So what is one drag tip that you would give to new drag artists? Is it horrible that as soon as you said that, I thought, okay, a toothbrush, toothpaste, and deodorant? Nope, not at all. We were just talking about that earlier. Hygiene is so important. I would say more than half of the drag queens that I work with smell in some way. That is a that is a statistic. That's a, yeah. It's it's like you're you're drinking alcohol, you're smoking cigarettes. You're dehydrated, probably. You're dehydrated, girl. You're sweating. Yeah, hygiene, girl. Hygiene, yes. And like I saw somebody at DragCon that had this like Listerine like mouth spray. T- that is sickening. I've been wanting to get one of those because my biggest fear is like, I love talking to people, you know me. So after the gig, I'd be like walking around the bar, talking to the Patreons. And my biggest fear is to like have a stinky mouth. I'm like, oh, where do I get one of those? <laughs> yes. I brush my teeth before. Like I always stop my makeup at a certain point and then I eat and then I brush my teeth and then I do my lashes and my lipstick and I touch up my face and then I go because the last thing I'm going to do is have one food in my teeth and also a not fresh like that's to me part of the process is having like a fresh clean mouth yeah it is it's a whole experience it's 4d you know yeah clean your mouth so then when you say dirty things it's not as bad i like that (laughs) Uh, does that make it better if i say really horrible things on the mic and then yeah that way you won't get canceled it cancels out (laughs) yeah 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 it cancels out like oh but she brushed her brush her teeth so it's fine it's fine don't come for her literally at my at my bingo show that i do with tiffany vogue friend of the pod um, which I, I say friend of the pod. We haven't even recorded our episode yet, but we will. But she is a friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, love her. She's one of my favorite people. And I always will be like, hey, what time is it at the show? Because it starts around 830. And I'm like, okay, after 10 p.m., I'm going to start talking about dick cheese. Oh. <laughs> after eight, after 10 p.m., we're going to start making the nasty jokes. Yeah. Just wait. Just make sure. <laughs> That's a, that yep, a funny I, bitch. Yeah. I always have somebody looking at the time. Like, oh audience. my God, almost there, almost there. Almost there for the dick cheese. Literally, I have one point person. I'm like, okay, what? What is it? Ten yet? All right. Speaking of dick cheese, we talk about a lot on when I was on your pod, and now we're coming back to it. It's like a full circle moment. I just, I, I, I can't escape it. Me neither. <laughs> you know, but I will say, since that recording, I haven't had any issues with the men as far as that goes. So me need, I mean, let me see. Let me try to recap really fast in my head. I don't think I have either. Not that I can remember, which is good. I think I would remember if there was an issue. Oh, yeah. That's not something you You'd forget. Like, Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been fine. I'd, I've also been really selective and also just very busy. That part. That last part. I'm like, that's that's like the last thing on my mind is having someone's dusty son in my house taking up my time. No, ma'am. And no, ma'am. Well, Jordan, the time passed really quick. I can't believe we are... It really did. It really did. It was super fun chatting with you again. I always love seeing you, but I love getting to know you a lot more better. Uh, tell the peeps online where they can find you. Oh my God. This is so weird. I'm the other <laughs> side, bitch. <laughs> the other side. Yes. So I am at Jordan Jayro everywhere. That's J O R D A N J A Y R O. You can follow my podcast at Hey Girl Pod on Instagram. That's H E Y G U R L P O D. You can email me. You can send me nudes if you want. You can do whatever. If you're of age, please send her nudes. She'll appreciate them. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's consenting and willing to share that sort of side of them themselves that's that's welcome i'll send you one after <laughs> yeah. the, the cheese not, not the, the cheese, cheese honey. speaking of cheese <laughs> speaking of cheese i'll send you my nudes after <laughs> not the nudes the nudes thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag if you like my podcast don't be shy share it with your friends leave me a review if you didn't like it you're probably homophobic This episode was edited by Chao Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.